Stevenson with a penalty shot opportunity for the Knights. The lefty starts way wide left, gets to the dot to the middle, he shoots, Gibson the save. Just crushed my grins. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. The Golden Knights have won six games in a row, which means it's time for us to hand out some grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Paddock! So actually, let's grade this first, Ed. Six-game winning streak for the Golden Knights. What would you grade that six-game winning streak? C plus pass. <laughs> C plus pass. If you're one of the best, if not the best teams in hockey, then you beat who you should and split with the others. So they beat who they should. And it's not the C plus pass is not as much against the Knights. It's how bad the other teams are. So, yeah, I mean, they should win these games, right? Six wins, two against Arizona, two against the Kings and two against the Ducks. So basically outside of what San Jose, the three worst teams in the West that they have beaten up on. Um, I'm still going to give it an A. A. Ooh, you positive so, guy, you. Yeah, I mean, they listen, <laughs> prior to this six-game winning streak, they had lost four or five. They weren't playing particularly well. And, uh, yes, they should beat these teams, but winning six in a row is still impressive. Like, you don't – normally you lose one out of every four or five against the, the, bad, uh, the bad teams in this division. So six in a row is still impressive. So I'm, I'm still giving them a good grade. All they right. still get an A from me and – We'll see if they can uh, they can win tonight against the, they they get to play another bad team because that's the great thing about this division. So next topic is Alex Petrangelo's goal. C plus F minus pass fail. No, C plus F minus pass fail. Check okay, so. incomplete. So, <laughs> so if your top five. Uh, defenseman in the world, as we keep hearing, uh, and you're one of the greatest players in the world at your position, then, you know, he hasn't scored much, but it's a C to get the goal because, I mean, he should be able to score that. It's an F- minus because the Ducks, you, I don't know, well, you don't have kids, but let me tell you something. When your kid's like five and he's in like bitty basketball and the rims are really low, but one of the kids in the team has never scored, like you wink at the other coach and the other team just backs off and stands under the basket and lets the kid score the layup, even though he shoots it 50 times to actually get it in. This was the, <laughs> this was the Ducks. Like 
How, why are you continuing to back up as this guy's kind of walking? He probably, like Alex Kendra started to walk in. He goes, well, I can't go any further because they're going to come out. Well, I can't go any further because they can come out. They just retreated. So it's like, I hope he scores off that. No one, even against Gibson, who's great. I mean, no one did anything. So if I'm Gibson, I pretty much take any, the first guy who passes me on my team, I'm taking my stick and whacking him in the head. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. Okay. So I fully agree. Anaheim gets an F. F. Maybe. There we go. But, Ed, I'm going to give you an A. A. Because oh. your comparison of Alex Petrangelo to the worst five-year-old basketball <laughs> yes, player on yes. the floor <laughs> is phenomenal. And, hey, the Ducks are like, eh, this Petrangelo guy's had a rough season. Yeah, yeah, let's, just, let's just let him score. Let's let him pad his stats. It'll be that Pete DeBoer winked over at the Anaheim bench, and they were like, okay, let him score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. next one to grade is Mark Stone's goal. This is going to be a tough. Uh, a, B. A, B. So I'm giving Theodore the A on the pass. I thought that was a terrific pass. And I guess Sir Flurry is the second assist who just kind of – it's always funny. Like, they went crazy for Flurry. He's like, I could have done that. Just get the get it to Petran- – or Theodore is like two feet from me. But I'll give the goal – Mm, it's a tough one. He should probably get an A because who he scored it against. But I'm going to give him a B because he's a great player. It was a nice move. I can't go A there. Gibson got, you know, completely deked out and undressed. So you, I should probably give him an A. But, you know, we got to stay positive here. So I'm going to go A, B, but not too positive. <laughs> so I will give Mark Stone an A. A. Shea Theodore an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. That was great pass. And all right, so this is the, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to break away from what I'm gonna be inconsistent and break away from things I've said in the past. You guys know how much I hate the way they calculate assists in hockey and yes, how it's secondary assists. Yes. The last two people to touch the puck get an assist. It's incredibly dumb. Secondary yes. assists are stupid. Hell, some primary assists are stupid. But this time we give an A. A. Ooh, because the goalie. Yes, the one time it should be allowed is when a goalie should get an assist, and I am fully on board with giving goalies assists because there's no, there's nothing dumber than looking at a stat sheet and seeing, oh, a goalie had an assist. Like, there's nothing dumber than that. But, so absolutely, even though I hate the way they give out assists in hockey, it's incredibly dumb. This is also dumb, but it's dumb in a good way because we're giving it to a goalie, which everybody knows is just sort of stupid, but it highlights how stupid it is to give out secondary assist in hockey that you can just pass it to Shea Theodore behind the net and all of a sudden you have an assist. A. So the next topic to grade is Anaheim's four-on-one. Oh, God, this is a tough one. A. F. A. A. F. A. So... It's an A because I can say the word pinch, pinch, he pinched. It's a bad pinch. Saw that on Twitter. Uh, it's an F because he pinched, and he's. Li- I think he's lying on the ice here in the picture. And I, I said this yesterday, and then uh, Willie really uh, texted me earlier. Is there any chance Alex Petrangelo's looking up and saying, oh, boy, again, but he's not saying boy? <laughs> I think I think that's what's happening here when he looks up and oh, you know what? You know, the, you know. Uh, McKinnon's not on the ice, but you just gave up a four and one. And then 
I guess I should give the Ducks an A because they're so atrocious, even they can't screw up a four-on-one. So um, I just love the word pinch, and I love the fact that he probably said, oh, something. That was about as bad a play from Alex Petrangelo as you <laughs> can have. Um, I, I should We should note, Ryan noted earlier when he was on with us, Riley Smith didn't exactly make a good pass to Alex Petrangelo. So it's not all on Petrangelo and his bad pinch. But when you're Alex Petrangelo and you find yourselves below the face-off dots, you Ouch. can't really afford to turn the puck over. Especially if somehow Anaheim's going to have four guys going the other way against poor Alec Martinez. Uh, but my grade is going to go to Alex Petrangelo. Not for the pinch, but for <laughs> Alex Petrangelo, for some reason, he's trailing a four-on-one, trying to get in there to break up a pass or something, and he just sort of dives on the ice like he's going <laughs> to skate forward faster on his stomach and break up a pass. It's like, what was that? That was the plan. I that mean, there's not there's not many things he could have done, but I think that might have been the worst of the options was to just find yourself laying on your stomach on the ice, reaching out, trying to break up a pass or something that never he wasn't even close. So Alex Petrangelo gets an F. F. Next Jared, topic. Oh. Jared does way too much work at uh, that station. One of ten, you know, the work of ten people. But one day, I'm just hoping he can give us the entire alphabet because I want to do do oh, P boy. for pinch so bad. Oh Jesus! That's not great, Ed. <laughs> you're doing you're doing acronyms. We're well, doing grades here. P, yeah, P for pass. But anyway, all right. It's Grady's grades, not Grady's <laughs> acronyms. Check. Amon's, we can do Amon's acronyms in the future okay, if you want to do, do that. that. All right, next topic to grade is the Golden Knights tying the Colorado Avalanche in points. B. B. Because good for them, and they're doing what they should, but you can't go fully A because by the time the Avalanche can come back, you know, they'll have 42 games in hand. So uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have so many games to make up that I think the Knights. Even a two or four point lead might not be safe, so we're going to wait on it. But obviously, at this point, good for them that they've caught them. The key here is going to be you and I talked about this before the show. I think the key is going to be how do the Avalanche come off this break? Now, they could come back and say, We're really rested and we're so fast and we're even faster now, or they could lose a little. You know, when they went out, they were good, right? When they did the pause, a lot of things can happen. So, I mean, obviously, the Knights, it's good you caught them, but I can't wait to see the Avalanche after it because I think they could go one or the other way. Yeah, so the sport of hockey gets an F. F. Because no one, well, I shouldn't say no one, but the people that put out the standings and everything officially, don't they don't they just want to ignore points percentage. They just want to ignore how many games have been played instead of, oh, the Avalanche still have a better points percentage than the Golden Knights and to where if neither team played another game the rest of the year, the Avalanche would get the 1 seed and the Golden Knights would get the 2 seed. Like it's very important to put into context how many points a team has with how many games they've played, especially this year, where every team is playing a different amount of games because God knows when the next time you're going to be paused because of COVID, or you're the Canucks and you don't play for two weeks, and then you have to come back and somehow win your first game back, by the way. Like, everybody gets an F for not giving proper context of, oh, the Colorado Avalanche are actually still in first place because all the Avalanche have to come do, all the Avalanche have to do is come back and beat all these crappy teams the Golden Knights have been beating, and guess what? 
they're back in first place. All right. Last topic to grade. Robin Leonard's shutout on Friday. A plus. Pass. Pass. A plus. Pass. Pass. Now, I know you're going to counter with shots were 65 to 4. But (laughs) you can't control anything. You know, you can't control that. You just have to stop those that come at you. And he did a really good job. And I also think it's pretty funny that the it was um, the next day on Zoom where, once again, let's call out the media. And I don't really – I kind of got lost in translation there of why he was calling out the media. I mean, it was a little weird. It's like, what, what does that have to do with anything? But he did say – this is why it gets an A. I think – I mean, I just want to say at some point he talked about – I might not do the butterfly says. I'm like, ooh, who's he talking about there? <laughs> so he gets an A plus for me just for kind of that veiled comment and also for the shutout. A plus. Robin Leonard's shutout gets a B. <laughs> B. Um, it, w- it was good. The, the, the Ducks had their expected goals was over one, so he did save more than a goal on average for an average goaltender. But again, he only had to make 16 saves. And it's this. <laughs> It's the second time in, like, what, a week that both Fleury and Leonard had a shutout of less than 20 saves? So what in rea- the reality here is the rest of the team gets an A+. Plus a+. Plus. Because holding the Anaheim Ducks to 16 shots is hilarious. Like, that is so bad if you're Anaheim. Even if you're a bad team, to get held to 16 shots is so bad. Everybody else did a phenomenal job. Leonard was good, like, but he, you know, we're not giving the goalie too much credit for stopping sixteen shots. All right. Did you Before, did you like the uh, butterfly comment? Yes, it was good. That he was, just that was good. Yes, yeah. it's a, a good breakdown of how he's just yes. big and gets in the way, and yes. Flurry moves around a lot to try to make yes. saves. All right. Before we get to Bischoff's briefs, we have a haircut to give away from Floyd's ninety nine cuts and color. Caller number three right now at 702-364-1100. You will get the haircut, hot lather neck shave, and shoulder massage, plus a free massage shampoo. That is a $29 value. It'll be yours free at Floyd's 99 Cuts and Color. Caller number three right now, 702-364-1100. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. Bischoff's Briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. Okay, Bischoff's Briefs is tackling, well, it's probably the biggest story in the sports world, if you count the whole world and not just the United States, because European soccer is uh, in turmoil. I mean, this this is, is kind of amazing how much of a disaster the last 24 hours have been in European soccer. So, for those of you that are unaware, 12 teams in Europe are trying to form their own league called the European Super League. Those 12 teams are from three different countries. It's the big six clubs in England, the top three in Spain, and Juventus, AC Milan, and Inter Milan in Italy. 
those 12 teams yesterday announced they're forming the European Super League um, and that they want more teams to join them. They want to have a 20-team league in Europe. Now, the teams are creating this, and their plan is for this to run you know, concurrently with the Premier League or La Liga, with their domestic league. So you'd have, you know, the teams in England, Man City, Man United, all those, they'd play in the Premier League still, and then they would also play in this European Super League on the side. The problem, though, is that UEFA, who run, is the governing body of soccer in Europe, and the Premier League and La Liga and Serie A, the individual leagues of these countries, have basically come out in opposition of this league and have said, listen, we're going to kick you out of everything if you join this European Super League. Well, the teams, they announced it yesterday anyway. They said, we're we're creating this. So nothing officially has happened, but based on the threats, teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, Man City, Chelsea, those teams are apparently going to be kicked out of Champions League. They're apparently going to be kicked out of the Premier League. They're apparently going to be kicked out of La Liga because none of the current governing bodies in Europe want this league to be formed. Now, the reason this is fascinating, obviously aside from teams getting kicked out of leagues that they've been in for years, the reason this is fascinating is because it's all about who has the power. Because these 12 teams represent basically 12 of the 14 or 15 most popular teams in Europe, right? PSG and Bayern Munich apparently declined invites into this, but they would be in that group as well if they did in fact join. But these are basically the most popular teams, soccer teams in Europe, the most popular soccer teams in the world. And what they're effectively saying is, we're going to create our own league, we're going to televise this, and we're going to rake in our own money. This is not going to be funneled through UEFA or the Premier League. This is going to go directly to these teams instead of being spread out across all the teams. So the teams are saying, these 12 teams are saying, we have the power. The the reason everything is so popular is because of us. It's not because Man United's playing Burnley. It's not because West Ham has a chance to make the top four in the Premier League this year. It's because... These teams, these 12 teams have giant fan bases across the world and they're saying we should be making the money off of this so we're going to create our own league with our own TV deal and obviously UEFA and the Premier League and all these other leagues are saying whoa, 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 you're taking money away from us? We can't let that happen so we're going to threaten to kick you out of the Champions League, of the Premier League and everything else. Oh, God, I have to respond. Hold on. Okay. So, to me, there's a few things that stand out from what you just said, okay? The fact that Bayern Munich is, you said, is not on board, obviously, is because they screwed up in the Champions League, and I have a better team than you do in Man City. Uh, Second of all, second of all, and I beat you in that in something soccer-wise. So, second of all, though, I see you have on your little rundown notes here, which I'm interested in, and I don't think you said anything about this. How can a guy be banned from playing for his his national team? So, basically, UEFA uh, can can determine who's eligible and not eligible to play for European national teams. And if, if, listen, if FIFA were to get involved, FIFA could make that determination for outside of Europe, too. So, but basically... UEFA is looking at this, and they, they, they control everything in European soccer. 
And you have 12 teams that are giving them the middle finger and saying, we don't need you. We can, we can do this ourselves. We can create our own league that we can go play in and make money off of. And UEFA sees that and says, well, this is a bunch of BS. We can't possibly let the teams make their own money and is now threatening to kick them out. So, I listen, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here. I feel like it's a lot of empty threats. Like, I don't feel like there's any way the Premier League could kick out Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham. There is no way the Premier League could kick out those six teams and still make money the way they are. Because, no chance. No because chance. then you're talking about, you know, Leicester and West Ham as the two most popular teams or something like that. Like, you're going to have teams that, okay, sure, they've got fan bases in England and maybe seven people in the United States. But, no, like, NBCSN broadcast the Premier League. I doubt NBCSN's broadcasting the Premier League when the best games they can put on are West Ham and Leeds United. Like, it's just not its not happening. So, I think they're empty threats. I don't think there's any way that these teams actually get kicked out of the Premier League because who's watching the Premier League? I don't think there's any way La Liga can kick out Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid. No. Because what are you doing with that league there? So How much money I, are you taking out of your own pocket? Right. So, I, I think these are empty threats. But I'm, I'm fascinated to see what actually happens here because you, you have 12 teams that basically just said, we're bigger than the rest of you and we don't need you, even though they, they still want to play in the Premier League. Like, they're not doing this to leave the Premier League. They're doing this to just play congruently with the Premier League and La Liga and everything else. But it's, it's fascinating. It is unbelievably fascinating. And I could, I could give you 10 more minutes because the, the, the most amazing part of this Every single fan is pissed. Like, every fan of these teams are furious with what their teams are doing. Like, they hate it. They despise what they're doing. And it's fascinating to see how this plays out. And if any of these teams actually lose fans based on it. Or if, yeah, okay, we're just playing in this new league now. And we're not from the same country. But everybody cares about us. So we get all the eyeballs and ultimately all the money. Please don't give us 10 more, but I will say you have now come up with a new segment for our soccer expert, Eric Winalda. Yes, whenever yes. Eric Winalda joins us, we got yes. it going. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some NBA with Jamison Welch. It wasn't just him. We screwed up that entire play. It wasn't just him. There were two mistakes on that play. They know what they are. We deserve to lose. When you do that, you deserve to lose. It's not like somebody threw in a tough one. We deserve to lose. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Oh, Stan Van Gundy, I assume he's mad that Lonzo Ball abandoned the corner to give up the game-tying three yesterday. Um, But apparently there was another mistake on that possession that he was also mad about. Joining us now is Jameson Welsh. Uh, Follow him on Twitter at TheJameson. There are two E's in the Jameson. How are you today? Doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me as always. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, so I want to I want to start with uh, Zion and his comments about uh, loving to play in New York, second best place to play outside of New Orleans. Uh, he's got a long time before he's going to hit free agency, but uh, is that going to be the entire talk of Zion Williams over the next uh, two or three years? Is him leaving well, New Orleans to go somewhere like New York? Well, you got to remember before the draft lottery, like the Knicks were really bad, and like they were gunning for him. Like they ended up with RJ Barrett at three. But they were hoping to get the number one pick. Like that was the key. 
So that didn't happen, and that's what it was. But for the longest time, that was like the perfect marriage for both, you know, Zion and the Knicks. But it's worked out. The Knicks are a much better team right now, and um, it's one of those things that um, they're in a situation to where uh, they can get free agents in the future. Right now, it's been you know pretty bleak. They haven't even been able to get meetings with guys. Now they're you know they're not bad. Julius Randle's having a you know a fifth place MVP type season, and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs, which is good for the brand and good for the franchise. Uh, it happens a lot, obviously, or it has, where a guy will go and the whole selling point is if I come, you're going to get other players. And it is New York, and it is the marketing they could do with him. So do you think it goes hand-in-hand hand if he actually went there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, guys don't need to be in the big market to do whatever they need to do outside the court. Like, you can pitch whatever you want. You can have whatever branding and marketing. You can be in the smallest market. New Orleans is one of the smallest markets in the league, I think, of all sports. Um, so you can do whatever you need to do wherever you're at. However, being in the big markets enhance your situation. So if you're in a New York or a Los Angeles or Chicago, those places, they give you a bigger platform to do whatever you need to do, and you might get more opportunities in those cities than you would be in a two-flight or more city. So that's where this kind of comes from. Um, that's why New York and L.A. have unfair advantages in other cities because they offer things that other cities just don't offer. Like, for instance, uh, the Lakers and, you know, the certain part, starting to the Clippers, they're in Los Angeles. If a random startup wants to give one of their star players a random marketing deal for $5 million, they can do that. Not going to get that in New Orleans. This is not going to happen. So what what do the pelicans need to do and it's it's kind of sad we're already talking about this but like what do they need to do in the next few years that would actually make you think zion would stay there they need to get more shooting around zion zion is putting up shack like numbers in the paint and he's like six six and a half um so if you're able to get a guy that can score that efficiently around the basket you need to be able to spread the court for him uh you need to get better shooting you need to get better pieces around him and also make decisions on the guys you have. If you're going to keep Brandon Ingram, cool, keep him. But if not, you need to deal him now while he has the value he has and continue to build your team. We didn't do Alonzo Ball and Josh Hart. Um, you know, you need to probably get rid of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, those guys who not space the court, and they're past their primes and what they've done in the league. So you have to make some decisions like that. Um, but me personally, I put four shooters around Zion and tell him to go to work. That's the best situation because if you double him, you got a guy in the corner that's, you know, wide open shot, you take your chances. So that's what I would do. I would spread the court with shooters, a bunch of three and D guys and guys that can create and uh, hope he stays healthy. You got something special there. Can Brooklyn win the East without Durant? No, no. Uh, they need all of those guys to win the East because they're so thin. And even up front, uh, even with Marcus Aldridge, uh, you know, even with LaMarcus Aldridge retiring, they're still so thin up front. As good as DeAndre Jordan has been in the past, he's not the same guy he once was. And you got to realize that if you've got to go through Philly, you got to go through Milwaukee, those are two teams with big guys that can really make things difficult. I don't know if they're not at full strength, they won't be able to get through that. Even at full strength, they may have some issues because if you can't stop the paint, yeah, I mean, if you can't rebound well and you can't stop a guy from scoring at will in the paint, you're going to have a lot of issues. 
All right, where where should we be at with Kevin Durant and his injuries? Like, is this a case of you think this is going to plague him the rest of his career, or is it just sort of random and and he we could we should expect him to be fine the rest of his career? We got to remember Kevin Durant's little. You know, he's been in the league a long time. Now. I believe this is year say fourteen or wow, even be year yeah at least year fourteen, maybe be year fifteen. But it's yeah, it's year like let's say fifteen. So, but. He's missed the whole year. He missed about 70% of another year, dude, with the foot a few years back. So he's already had injuries. With the Achilles, you got to remember, it's not the chances of re-injuring that is very slim. But the other injuries that come with that are very, very high. Uh, so whenever a guy goes out with an Achilles, it's not necessarily the Achilles, it's the other things in the body. You, you only have hamstring pulls, uh, thigh contusions, stuff like that, you have ankle problems. So all those types of things have kind of happened. So this thing's going to go on for the rest of Kevin's career, and there's really nothing much you can do about it. That's why they say the Achilles is the worst injury, not because of the recovery, because of what it does in the body. And that's something that has not been solved yet. So unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with these types of situations going forward. You just got to hope the timing of the injuries doesn't impact their team. Uh, this is this was interesting. I don't think anyone's surprised, but the NBA instructed teams to be vigilant uh, in case the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, verdict goes away. Uh, that the NBA could see issues with protests. Um, is it is smart to prepare for this? And how if the if the if the verdict goes away, they don't want it. How could could this impact this league in terms of it sitting down for games and and, and what might happen? So here's the thing. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what takes place with this situation because um, so here's somebody actually brought this this morning. Um, the NBA players need a break. Like they need, I mean, we got guys going every other day for like three straight months and that's not good for the bodies. We've already seen guys, uh, you know, get hurt and guys, you know, miss time and whatnot. And a lot of it's due to, um, you know, a lot of it's due to overusage. So if they can use something like this to get guys arrest, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. It would not be, it would not surprise me if that were to take place. Um, if, if that's a call that's going to be made, so keep an eye out on that because the players. Are, I mean, y'all watch the games. You guys see the guys don't have any legs. Like in the second half of a back to back, the team that played last night has no effort in them. They just don't have the energy, and it's nothing. Not no fault there. It's just, just a human thing. They don't have the energy. And that's a really tough situation to deal with. Now, you throwing in the emotions and the mental aspect of this case and everything going on, if it goes a certain way, then, yeah, I can definitely see them saying, hey, we're going to shut things down for a few days. But I can definitely see that happening. Uh, I know uh, Luca and Mark Cuban, they were complaining last week about the play-in games. And I know I think it was Luca that said, you're, you're making us, you know, we're playing every other day and then we're, our season could be over in two games. So what would you make of their complaints uh, about the play-in the NBA is going to use this year? So here's the thing. Uh, when, it, when it comes down to it, it's a situation where they agreed upon this. Like, this is nothing new. Like, this is not something that all of a sudden sprung about. Everybody knew what the situation was before the season. Everyone knew, like, hey, this is a possibility. The Dallas Mavericks have lost games they probably should have won. They lose to the Sacramento Kings. I don't want to hear any complaints. Like, to be honest with you, you lose to the Sacramento Kings at home, we're really not here for your complaints or anything like that. Like, that's that's your bad. That's not on the league. That's stuff you have control over. Um, at the end of the day, the team's in contention. 
Uh, you got the Blazers, you got Dallas, you have Memphis, you have San Antonio, Golden State, uh, the Kings. All those teams have had their chance to win games and not be in the situation, but they are. And if that's the case, you got to you better have your best game with you when the playing comes. But I have no sympathy for the the Mavs or anything like that. They've had their chances. They have not played well, and that's what it is. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, his team's not very good, but he uh, matched Kobe Bryant with this 10 straight game scoring 30 more. Do you still get amazed at Steph at this point where, you know what we were saying there earlier, even if you don't like the team, if he's on, people are going to watch him. And just put in perspective, like, your your level of historical significance of him. Oh, man, Steph is amazing. Um, you know, he's – I mean, I wasn't alive for most of Magic's career i saw the comeback and whatnot uh in the mid-90s but i wasn't really alive and or was able to watch basketball um in the late 80s early 90s so i really don't know i didn't see it i've seen videos i've seen pictures i've seen youtube clips and whatnot of magic uh so magic will always be number one for me however i saw stuff i've seen steph curry's whole career uh he's the best point guard i have personally seen with my four eyes um, you know, day one to day now. Uh, but with that being said, he has done some special things at the position that I don't think will ever be done again. Uh, he's able to shoot the ball very well in multiple different ways. He can do it in catch and shoot. He can do it off the dribble. He can do it from different angles. Like, he's truly amazing. Um, after Magic, he's definitely the best point guard ever, and he's changing the way the game is played. He's got to the point where guys who aren't good three-point shooters are able to shoot a bunch of threes because of how good he is. That's that's how crazy Steph Curry's impact is on the game. But he's in a groove right now. He's had like ten three-pointers, uh, basically for the whole week. He shot. He made more threes last week than several NBA teams, and that tells you <laughs> how great he is. That's a hell of a stat right there. Uh, so okay, I think right now they'd be in the nine ten. Uh, play-in game, how worried should a 7 or 8 seed be in the West if they've got to play Golden State in what would have been, essentially be an elimination game? So the Warriors are sorry. Like, they're they sorry. Like, that's <laughs> just, like, they have Steph. He's, he's amazing. After that, you got a bunch of inconsistent guys. And, uh, you know, Draymond Green is very good defensively. But offensively, he's not the same guy he once was. He's just not. Um, and then you got a lot of, like, fringe guys like Baysmore and um, you know, the, the brother-in-law and the local kid they have. Like, there's a lot of fringe guys that they have on the roster now. Andrew Wiggins has actually been well, been good for them throughout the year. He's played really good defense, and he's gotten his 18, 19 points a game, which is cool, but they need more from him. If, if this season they need more, he's just not producing that. But as a team, they're just not that good. And I wouldn't be worried so much about them in a play-in situation because if they're if you're the higher seed and they're a lower seed, they got to win – before you win one. So I'll take those chances. Uh, and then just what do you think of the Nuggets' chances now with Jamal Murray out? It's a very tough injury because the Nuggets had a chance to win a title this year. Like they, With the roster they have and the way they were playing, they had a chance. They, re- they realistically had a chance to win it because outside of the Lakers, there was no one out west that could match up with them. Like There was just a really tough matchup for Everyone else, they have the, the big wings for the Clippers. Uh, you know, they have Jokic who destroys Gobert whenever they play. And now that Jamal Murray's out, it's just tough. You can only survive off Will Barton, you know, taking the last second jumpers on the shot clock. 
so many times. You're going to rely on you know Aaron Gordon trying to create offense uh, versus good delay. It's tough. Like it's really really difficult because at the end of the day, as good as Jokic is, you need that guy on the wing that can create and make tough shots at any given point, and they don't have that anymore. Well, he is Jameson Welch. You can follow him on Twitter at the Jameson. As always, we appreciate it, Jameson. Thanks, Jameson. Not a problem, guys. Thanks for having me as always. Oh, wow, that's uh. Now, I mean, I was bummed he got hurt to begin with, but really bummed if if he believes that on the matchups they might have had a chance to win it. That's interesting. Uh, but I, like I said, without him now, I don't I don't think it's possible either. They they right now they're facing the Lakers in the first round. I would have to find it, but somebody tweeted about the Nuggets' window and how their window to win a title was basically this year and maybe mm-hmm. next year based on contracts and when guys contracts. are going to probably yeah. leave and everything and to lose Jamal Murray. Like, again, legitimate chance to win an NBA title. I guess you could say they did last year, too, making it to the Western Conference Finals. But, like, you have a couple of years where you could legitimately do it and you lose one of your top two players at the very end yeah. of the regular season for the playoffs, and it, it it's a killer. I mean, it could kill an entire championship window for the Nuggets when they, they could have done it this year. All right, coming up next. Somebody asked Patrick Marlowe if he's going to get a Gordy Howe hat-trick tonight. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. So Patrick Marlowe talking to the media uh, apparently was asked by Willie Ramirez of the AP here uh, about getting in a Gordy Howe hat-trick. And Marlowe said, I could do with the goal and an assist. If it has to come to a fight, maybe I could do a wrestling match with somebody if they're willing. I really, really, really want it to be Willie. (laughs) I want Willie to come down for the press box and get in a wrestling position and take a Marlo. Willie would have a much better chance than... The more I think about Marcheseau, and like Jared said, Marlo holding Marcheseau by the gold helmet and him flailing his arms, and and the whole time Marlo's like, why are you wearing this stupid helmet? It looks bad. But Marcia still kind of failing his arm. I'd much rather see Willie than Marcia still. Well, yeah, because Willie would. So, I don't, I don't, first Willie off, might be. He could how, win. I, I want to see how Willie gets from the press box to the ice without getting stopped. Oh, that's stopped. the top that'll be, that's the that'll be oh, fun. Yeah, okay. Then, you, yeah. Want, you want to stop Willie whenever he's got like a head of steam on him? <laughs> As in, but Willie getting out there and trying to wrestle Patrick Marlowe oh. on the ice would be phenomenal. It would be, be the best thing we'd ever seen, yes. even if Willie's... Willie's banned from ever covering sporting <laughs> events in Vegas again. It's fine. Is I'm it, still signing up for it. Did anyone ask for clarification? Are we talking like WWE style wrestling? Are we talking oh, like Olympic? <laughs> like, all right, you I, get down on your knees and I've got my arm around your waist. And I don't know if th- th- that would be cool if Willie was like had his arm around his waist like they do in, in the Olympics. That would be awesome. But I don't know if anyone were able to follow up because between Shang Pang and all the guys listening. It appears, as you'd expect, he got pretty emotional. I'm interested. We talked about this. I'm actually interested to see what the Golden Knights do. I thought the Minnesota Wild, when he tied it, lining up and shaking his hand afterwards, I thought that was really cool. I would expect, don't you guys agree, don't the Knights do something tonight? That's a huge, that's a pretty impressive record. I would think so, yeah. I, I, I think so. you, I don't, I don't know if you need a three-minute long tribute no. video, but I think you, you at least put a little graphic up that says congratulations yeah. to Patrick Marlowe yeah. and whatever i mean yeah I, I think that's a pretty easy thing to do if you're the golden knights even though it's the sharks it's hey this guy's gonna this guy's playing hockey longer than we've been an organization and it's what well, it's gonna take the golden knights what another decade to get to 17 1800 games like patrick marlowe as a team yeah. so yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you, you got to do something out there. Now, all right, hold on. We've got I've got important news for you here, Ed. You guys might end up buying me lunch after all for our soccer bet. What? Oh no! Oh no! So uh, this is according to UEFA executive committee member Jesper Moller. He said the clubs must go, and I expect that to happen on Friday. And the clubs he's referring to are the ones that have joined this European Super League. And of the four semifinalists, three have joined the European Super League. Real Madrid, Chelsea, oh. and Ed's Manchester City. Oh. Now, This is a technicality. I'm not buying you lunch. Your team lost. Listen, Listen, if they boot those teams from the oh. Champions League, You're I don't know what they... Back in. Well, yeah, oh. so they could just name PSG the champion. But here's yes. the thing. If UEFA doesn't have the Champions League semifinal and final, they're going to lose a ton of money for not having those games. So if they actually booted these three teams from the Champions League semifinals, I think they'd put new teams into the semifinals, which would mean Bayern Munich is back, baby, and we're in the semis looking for a title. That's a technicality, and there's no chance Jared and I are buying you anything on that sense. If Bayern oh, Munich, mine. if they got eliminated and they get to come back and win it, you oh, should have to buy God. me ten lunches. Okay. God. I, I know Tyler's favorite type of victory is victory on a technicality, <laughs> but I think it would be even better if they get brought back and then PSG just beats the brakes off them. Yes. No, no. They beat the brakes off PSG. They just didn't score. So they'd beat the brakes <laughs> off PSG. It'd be fine. But I, listen, okay, I don't think I want these teams kicked out of the Champions League because I'm looking forward to watching it. But the idea of me winning this bet this way would be the greatest way I've ever won uh, anything in my life, and I would be pumped. That would just, <laughs> what a disaster that would be on all levels. <laughs> We'd have to like put the moratorium on on speaking about it. It would just be horrible. <laughs> My God, I'm breaking this off because I can't even think about it. to tell you the number one player in the 2020 class, Chet Holmgren, has committed to Gonzaga. So there'll be another Final Four loss next year. The number one player in the 20 is named Chet. Yes, Chet Holmgren picked Gonzaga over Michigan. Boy, Michigan fans are like, what What happened to the days when we didn't lose that to Gonzaga with the number one pick in the, in the class? It's that kid just committed to Gonzaga. Not 1993 anymore? Exactly, exactly. That's it. Like, uh, like when UNLV's like, uh, man, we lost out on a two-star. <laughs> this uh, kid is seven feet tall and yeah, has got to be whoa. one of the goofiest people I've ever seen. And he'll be the number one pick in your draft next June. Nah, like back to the final four where they will lose. He is, is he a skinny. Shooter? I mean, I assume so. He is skinny. Don't love this that. kid. Is yeah, he is like we're talking like Kevin Durant couldn't do a push up at the combine or whatever the hell it was. Skinny, the Slim Reaper. Yeah, this guy. Oh man, I'm okay with this because I love him and he's the best ever. But there will be people who rip Vin Scully for getting a World Series ring delivered to him. What? They gave him a ring. He, wasn't, he didn't do the game. Oh, that's right. He doesn't deserve one. Vince Scully doesn't deserve a ring. 
Get it I out of here. You're the only guy in America by Kirk who would rip Vin Scully. I knew you would. That's why I brought it up. He doesn't deserve it. Vin's a lot. 